The Athletic presents Hogan Johns. This week, the NFL will take 255 young men and turn their dreams into reality. With the second pick in the 2017 NFL Draft, the Chicago Bears select, select, select. It's the Hogan Johns 2020 NFL Draft Podcast. Let's just put this. We feel like this is a strong draft. Having two twos is, is, is huge for us because of the depth of this draft. And, uh, and we just got to take advantage of it. With Adam Ho and Adam Johns. We're always going to take the best player available. So if a quarterback was there and, and he was the highest guy on our board and, and it, you know, and it, it, in a strong in a strong way, we, we would consider that. Here they are, Hogan Johns. What's up? Welcome in. Night two of the NFL draft in the books, but night one for the Chicago Bears. Adam Johns. Yes, it was. Yes, it was. Did you enjoy night one? Bryce um, Love? I I did. I did. Uh, that would be Jordan Love. How many times did you pat yourself <laughs> on the back? Yes, Jordan Love. What did I say? I'm tired. It's 1145 at night here. Yeah, uh, I feel like Roger Goodell, who looked like he was falling asleep on his recliner in his basement uh, as the third round kept going and going and going tonight. I thought he was going to fall asleep, but... Um, Did you hear yeah, him no. say it's getting late? Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, he's in New York. I agreed so with it, him. It is getting late. It, chair looked it, cozy. It looked like a nice chair. Did you see the Mike Ditka bobblehead was moving? <laughs> yes, he it was. was. Yeah, he was getting up and moving in around, which good, good for RG one man having a little bit of you know, hu- adding some humor to the thing. Well, well, those commercial breaks were so long. You got to find something to do to pass the time. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, I did enjoy the Jordan Love pick, and I especially enjoyed the the reaction from all my Wisconsin friends. They're just freaking <laughs> out in Green Bay. They do not like it. They do not like they drafted a running back with their second pick, um, and and really they, they they finally did get a tight end tonight. But um, yeah, they're panicking up in Wisconsin. Um, we're not here to talk about the Packers pick, but you know I did write about it last night. So if you want to check it out, um, it's on NBCSportsChicago.com. Uh, we are here on the Athletic, though. Adam Johns has been writing about this draft for the Athletic. You can follow him on Twitter at Adam Johns J A H N S. I'm at Adam Hogue, H O G E, and I do have uh, reaction, instant analysis up on both of these picks. Adam Johns, Cole Komet, and Jalen, not Jones, Jalen Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. It is late. It is late. Did you call him Jalen Jones already? No, there's a Twitter account out there that may have done that. But I'm not going to throw him under the bus. We can have some fun. We're just laughing a little bit. There was a, a prominent Twitter account that called him Jalen Jones tonight. Oh, good, good. But good. I'm gonna. I am not going to call them out. I'm just, you know, trying to smile my way through the night here, Adam Johnson. Uh, let's have a sense of humor. So. Uh, let's start with Cole Komet. Should we react? The Notre Dame tight end that, uh, man, we've talked a lot about him. He was on our podcast a few days ago. Yeah, how about that? Look at that. Intuition by, by our man Kenton. You know, Cole was kind enough to give us his time. This is how I spent the 43rd overall pick. I put my phone away, and I shut my computer, and I sat down with my two sons and watched the entire thing like... 
fans want to, and they want to enjoy the moment, the pick. And I wanted to be surprised. Um, obviously, I like the Antoine Winfield Jr. the the, the safety. I've been high on him uh, for a long time. Um, but I, I like to pick a Cole Clement, I, and I enjoy the entire process. My, my son, who likes Rob Gronkowski, loves a, a tight end. So, you know, my, my oldest went nuts just because he loves the tight end position, thinks it's a cool position because of Rob Gronkowski. And here's Cole Komet talking to us later on a conference call, comparing himself to, to Rob Gronkowski. I, I like the pick. I, I got to be honest, I don't mind the pick. I don't think that he was overdrafted like some fans are contending. Uh, I think he fits perfectly into what Matt Nagy wants to do offensively. Yeah, I I don't um, here. I'm going to agree with you on one thing and then slightly disagree on another. Uh, I do not think he was overdrafted. I think he was the best tight end in this draft, um, and I, I think he's he is a good fit for the Bears. I don't know that he's a perfect fit for what the Bears. Uh, but I, I this is tricky bringing up because I don't want it to sound like a negative. It's actually a positive that Cole Komet is a well-rounded tight end. And I Ryan Pace said tonight, and I agree with him, I wrote this uh, in my analysis of Cole Komet before Pace even talked to us, that I think he is upside as a blocker. And the fact that he's finally putting baseball behind him, he still has some room to grow in his body to add a little bit more strength uh, and get better in really in all areas of his game. He is a more well-rounded tight end. I think I said this the other day. I know I've written this, but he's more Kyle Rudolph than he is George Kittle. So I don't know that he's definitely the field-stretching matchup problem on any given play that ideally Matt Nagy would want, that true U tight end. Ryan Pace said tonight he's more of a classic Y. That's fine. I mean, that's still a position you need, and I do think he is a – he's not a blocking tight end. He's still a pass-catching tight end, but he's definitely more of this like kind of well-rounded – Tight end. I don't. Again, that's not a negative. It's just I don't know that he's the exactly what Matt Nagy was looking for. See, the the reason I use the word perfect, I, I tried going back to to when they were touting Adam Shaheen, just in terms of what he could have, um, the value he would have as their inline guy, right? And I'm thinking about that today and how much Shaheen, Shaheen has failed, how much Brett Broniker has been tried out there, how much JP Holtz has been in that spot. And, and I was starting to wonder, have we all just been guilty of obsessing over what the U is just because Matt Nagy's talked about it, just because it's a different description? And, and when, look, we all love pass-catching tight ends, but having an in-line guy is pretty darn valuable. And, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I've seen Travis Kelsey get in line. I've seen Zach Ertz get in line. I know for sure I've seen, this is a different offense now, but I know for sure I've seen George Kittle get in line, put his hand in the dirt. Uh, I've seen Zach Ertz again to go back him block, you know Leonard Floyd outside linebackers. So they are asked to do different things, and I and I do wonder if not having that why that Adam Shaheen like all his failures, whether what what did that actually do? Everyone's pointing fingers to Trey Burton, but what did Adam Shaheen's failures really do to Matt Nagy's offense? It, were, were they even more complicated and more dire than what Burton's failures were? Well, and we need to remember that Adam Sheen was drafted before Matt Nagy was here. You know, so he is he is a guy that that Ryan Pace, you know, had tar- that type of tight end is something Ryan Pace had targeted before Matt Nagy was ever here. And this pick you're absolutely right. I mean, this pick, Cole Komet, is to replace Adam Shaheen and the failures that Adam Shaheen Yes. Uh, you know, basically what he failed to live up to. And and what I love when I watch Cole Komet is 
it, we we started to kind of joke around about this. I feel like last year, but like, didn't it seem like any time Adam Sheen did catch the ball, like you just always saw him sort of falling, like he couldn't stay on his feet. Like, didn't he just? Always <laughs> I thought see- you were going to say that 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 awkward jump he would do into tacklers. <laughs> you know, what I'm just, talking I, about, and he would go down. When I when I think of Adam Sheen five years from now, I'm going to just think about him like f- struggling to stay on his feet all the time. Cole yeah. Komet's feet are good. He's smooth in his movements. You know, I just went back and watched uh, the game against Georgia uh, the, that he had earlier this season, which was a good game. And, you know, I always thought Adam Shaheen had good hands. I always thought he was a guy who could go up and get the ball. But his problem, to me, was below, the, like, the the waist. He his His movements were awkward, and... His feet weren't great, and they just, he couldn't, he wasn't smooth out there on the field. So I do feel like when I look at Cole Komet and he's doing it against high quality opponents playing at Notre Dame, like I'm seeing him watch, I'm watching him do this against the Georgia defense, okay? It's a defense the Bears have drafted from. <laughs> this is an SEC team. Like, this is, uh, I, I think Cole Komet's a pretty safe pick, actually. Yeah, yeah, safe is a great way to put it, and that's fine. Just in terms of finding someone who could play right away in a role in some capacity, um, is not some type of boomer bust guy. I get that he's not a sexy pick. I get that some fans could be frustrated, but this guy is going to be a contributor in week one of this season whenever it starts. One more point on, on using the word perfect. If if you look at like personnel usage of the Chiefs and the Eagles, because we all compare the Bears to them, because of the Andy Reid influences, right? They are using, or they have used, two tight end sets significantly more than what Matt Nagy has used for the Bears. So so right there, that tells me that there is something schematically has been missing personnel-wise. They're related there, if you, if you get my drift. And this Cole Komet selection could fix it. Adam Shaheen obviously could not fix it. All these other guys they had in could not fix it. It's on commit to do it, but I just think that, that what Matt Nagy wants to run, like he's been looking for a guy like Cole Komet for some time. That's a great point bringing up the Eagles because it, it always seems like they have two, sometimes three tight ends. And the one thing is whether they're in line or not, they can all catch the football. You know, they have multiple guys who can catch the football at that position. Um, and, and to me, what, the, what this is suggesting, and, and let me also be clear, it, it's really normal for tight ends to take a year to really acclimate to the NFL. That is a consistent theme with tight ends as they go. Even if they're able to play and on the field, they truly don't break out until year two or year three sometimes. So let's also slow down like the Cole Komet uh, being a giant receiving weapon in 2020 conversation. But I do think that this suggests... Adam Johns, more two tight end sets, which I wonder in the running game specifically, because as I sit here, and yes, we still have a third round to go, uh, a third day to go through tomorrow, but I'm still wondering what the heck the Bears have done to, to improve the running game. Well, Cole, Cole Komet, I mean, that's part of it. Again, it's the, the Adam Shaheen, it's his failures to stay in the field. It's his, it's his failures to develop. I don't... I feel like I'm piling on 
You know, you know the poor guy. I, I remember like his first days at, at minicamp where Darrell Freeman's raving about the guy because he's working everybody all over the field, and then you know what? He can't stay healthy. He's not developing at the pace they want to. You're, you're right. If you compare the films, Cole Komet looks different almost immediately, just the, in, in the way he runs. But it's also the blocking, some of the inline stuff, and that's why I feel like he could be a contributor. On day one, he's someone you have to be more mindful of if you're an opposing defensive coordinator. Not only for that pass catching, you know, possibility, but for that blocking, which we all know he has to improve on. But all tight ends have to improve on it. But in terms of having a guy, drafting a guy who could be, you know, contributing in that sense in day one, Cole Komet is already ahead of a lot of these other guys in the draft. Yeah, you know, no, he is, and so I think that this is a pretty solid pick um for for the bears here at this spot now uh here i'll just go through some of my notes on him and then we'll we'll move on to uh, jalen johnson but um you know we we talked to him the other day by the way you can go back and listen to that interview if you miss it. it's in our last episode i highly encourage going back and listening to it uh first of all cole Komet just sounds like a cool dude to talk to uh you could tell tonight he was excited and uh all the re- you know we we talk about the bears box uh, I don't know if that did that come up tonight. Did Ryan Pace mention the Bears box? Did we hit the bingo card on that one? I, I, I unfortunately I had some technical difficulties and missed half of Ryan Pace's press yeah, conference. Yeah, I, I had the same. The I had to, yeah, log in or log off, log back in. I had the same problem, my friend. So I don't know if he said it or not, but I, I imagine that uh, you know, the Bears box is when when they sit when they talk about these guys checking every single box uh, on and off the field, especially off the field. They talk about these guys, you know, checking the Bears box, and that's something Ryan Pace has brought up in past years. And I, I imagine that Cole Komet fits that because really no one seems to have a bad thing to say about him, uh, especially off the field or as a teammate. Um, and and that's certainly a, a positive. The intangibles are really really good here. He's got great size. He's got great catch radius. John's that's something we've talked about. Catch radius at you know whether it's wide receiver, or tight end, that Bigger will guys. help. With, yes, they the Bears need that. Um, look, the bro- blocking is a, a work in progress, but I do agree with Pace that there there is room for legitimate improvement there as he focuses and kind of fills out his body now that he's done with baseball. See, I think that's the case for any tight end, though, coming up. Sure. That's, that's yeah. going to be like one of the, the, the issues to work on for anybody, just in terms of how they're used at the collegiate level now. Now, he's not the fastest or like the most sudden tight end in his route running. Okay, like I want to stress that again. That's why he's probably, I don't know, he's probably not going to end up being George Kittle, in my opinion, or even Travis Kelsey, uh, you know, in the receiving aspects. But he's smooth. Like, that's, you stress that. And, like, you know, you still look at guys like Kyle Rudolph, or if you want to go crazy, Jason Witten, pretty damn good careers catching the football, even though that they were in-line tight ends, right, on the line of scrimmage. So um, th- it's not a knock. It's just the reality of who I think Cole Komet is. And I'm glad you used the, the name Jason Witten. And that's... In a way, that's almost beyond praise. The, guy, the guy's a Hall of Famer. He's not on the Cowboys anymore. He's on the Raiders now, right? I, I forget. It's a better comp, though, than Gronk, yes, which came yes, up yes. tonight. Yeah, Gronk is something special. I, I don't know if we'll see anything like that again. I, I mean, even Kelsey and Kittle aren't complete. They're not completely on the Gronk level. But, but anyway, so Dane Brugler, the athletics draft analyst, uh, compared um, Cole Komet to Jason Witten. Let me pull this up real quick. Let me, let me read this to you. This is his final summary on Cole Komet. 
Overall, Komet is a dependable and physically impressive pass catcher who doesn't have a deal-breaking weakness to his game. Projecting as an, as an NFL-ready wide target, similar to Jason Witten when he was coming out of Tennessee. Not too bad. And then uh, an anonymous scout yeah. in Bob McGinn's series, his wonderful series, you know, getting great stuff um, from league execs and scouts, also compared him to uh, Jason Witten coming out of Tennessee. Yeah, so I mean, I, to me, that's the ceiling. It's not Gronk, it's Jason Witten. That's you know that's the best case scenario. That's a pretty damn good best case scenario, as long as he doesn't try to you know call Monday Night Football anytime soon. <laughs> we had, we had Booger on the draft. <laughs> that's not cliche talk. That's real talk. All right. Um, should we move on to Jalen Johnson? Love this pick. Go. I, I love this pick. Well, I love that it fills fills a need, and I do think that Jalen Johnson has an op- good opportunity. To, opportunity, if I could talk here as the clock gets past midnight, uh, to start right away. He's got a great opportunity. Kevin Tolliver, Artie Burns, Trey <laughs> Roberson. With, nice. with all due respect to the... I, I know, I know, I, it's late, man. I'm crabby. But I'm wait, I watched... I, called, I watched you know, they- <laughs> someone Bryce Love tonight already. Like, literally, my first words in this podcast, Bryce Love. <laughs> yes, you did. Which is why I was just having fun with the Jalen Jones thing at the beginning. We all make mistakes, especially late at night. Uh, I watched what you just said reminded me. I watched Talladega Nights the other night, and uh, with him just Will Ferrell's character saying, "With all due respect," it's like just because you say "all due respect" doesn't mean you can just say whatever you want. Whatever you want? Yes. <laughs> yes, it does. I think it does. <laughs> anyway, carry on. Yes. But obviously, it was it was such a, a major need, and the Bears had some good cornerbacks to consider. I thought the board played out pretty good for them, especially at that position. And look, if this guy, Jalen Johnson, Jalen Jones, whatever you want to call him, does not have his his shoulder problems, I know he just went, underwent surgery in March, and there's a lot of uncertainty now because you can't check the guy out because of this COVID-19 pandemic. But you know what? If he doesn't have that, we're talking about a guy who possibly doesn't make it out of the first round, Adam. Yeah, and I know he thought he should have gone in the first round. Um, well, they look, all the shoulder, do, but yes, this guy, yeah, actually, the, they had legit the, talent. The shoulders are a huge concern here. I mean, you've, you've, you've had two torn labrums in one of the shoulders, and then the other one had to re- be repaired too. Um, I think it shows he's tough that he played through it this this year. Um, man, these... I know you can't hear this, but I got these autoplay videos that just pop up in my headphones sometimes. It doesn't go through to the podcast, but all of a sudden I stop. <laughs> it throws you I mean, off. If I, if I stop talking, it's like blaring in my headphones like, come on. All right, anyway. Uh, well, the Cole Jaylen, Clint podcast, that happened to me. I, I literally just stopped talking because someone else was talking to me over the internet. Yeah, it, <laughs> it's... Look, this is uh, this COVID nineteen era we are living in right now. There are technical difficulties to battle through. Press conferences are freezing. Uh, okay, uh, I have no idea what I was just talking about. But Jalen Johnson, oh the shoulders, yeah, three torn labrums when you only have two. That's concerning. Yeah, not good, not good. <laughs> it's still better than. Like serious knee injuries, though is is it not? 
Um. Yes. Yeah, so if, if, if we're if we're comparing and contrasting injury injuries, what would Ryan Pace say earlier today that he played through some of this last year, missed only one game over the past two years, so there's some toughness there, and obviously you like that. Um, he, he's a willing tackler. You you still need to have that, but I get if like like Eddie Jackson had a serious injury concern coming out, right? Like he he had like a a rod inserted into his his leg at him. Do, do you remember you that quote? Uh, I'm not sure how thick it is, but I think it's it's probably kind of thick. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, Jalen Johnson a, does not have a thick rod <laughs> in his leg. Eddie Jackson does. All right. I'm just, glad just, you had, if, I'm just glad you finished that sentence. Yes. Thank you. You know, I'm starting yeah. to giggle here. You know, but it's it's past midnight. Like like we're saying. You know, this is it's late. It's late, Adam. No. Um. Look, and and, and I think at some point. A guy falls far enough, especially if you consider him with his tape, what he shows on tape being a first-round prospect, then you take a risk with the injury. That's what they did with Eddie Jackson. So I'm fine with that. Um, You do worry about how he's had three shoulder surgeries and just needed one after the combine, too, to repair what he played through in 2019. I do think it's very impressive that he played through in 2019. Um, I... Johns, I went back and I managed to watch tonight, since the pick, every target that went Jalen Johnson's way in 2019. Now, don't get too impressed because... I'm not, but go on. (laughs) Teams did not throw at him a whole lot. So it wasn't actually that much tape to go through (laughs) uh, because there just really wasn't that many targets to to actually watch. But, you know, that says a lot about him as a cover corner. He, I like him playing press. And you just watch, you know, some corners, they just, their arms are so damn long and you could just see it when they're, when they're in their position in, in press man at the line of scrimmage. That is Jalen Johnson. He has the length that you want. He has the footwork and the ability to flip his hips. Now, on the negative side, other than the shoulders, I do think he takes chances at times, and all of a sudden you'll see a big play on him where he gets burned. But overall, I mean, he looks like a lockdown man corner. Yes, yes, which should fit Chuck Pagano's defense quite well. I know he gave a lot of freedoms to Prince Mukamar to play the way you know he wanted out there. I don't know if he'll do the same to Jalen Johnson right away, but just in terms of upping the competition level, the comp- it, it, what they had going opposite Kyle Fuller, this is a good pick. I think he's going to be your week one starter. Makes a ton of sense. And... Like I, I have a slight obsession w- with safeties. I, I just, I don't know why. And, and I think tonight kind of showed when you have, like, um, I know Jalen Johnson went after like a, a Grant Delpit, and I know he went after um, an Antoine Winfield Jr. I, I understand all that, but you know what, a cornerback, and just in terms of like the overall value of the position. I mean, th- th- there's a reason why six of them went in the, in the first round, and zero safeties went in the first round this year. The value is still a cornerback, and I like what the Bears got at 50. I really like what they got at 50. Yeah, and by the way, I mean, I just I, I get the need at, at safety, but I, I've been saying this for weeks. I just I don't think it's as big as the need at cornerback was. You had to replace Prince Mukamara. At safety, you have Eddie Jackson. You can get by with just a guy at, at in, in as the box safety uh in my opinion this was a huge need 
for the for the Bears to fill, in my opinion. And and I I think that Jalen Johnson should be the week one starter. And if he's not, there's a problem. Either he's uh, you know disappointing in camp, or you know his his not shoulder healthy. issues are you know are, are flaring up, which would be a problem. But I'll tell you what, uh, unless I missed something, because there was a lot going on tonight, I believe Julian Blackman is still on the board, the Utah safety. Uh, maybe I should double-check that. But his teammate, Julian Blackman, I think projects as a great strong safety, and I had him in my mock draft uh, this week to the Bears in the fifth round. So maybe they grab his teammate and they still still get that safety that you want. Yeah, yeah, but you're right about Eddie Jackson. He's a guy who could... You know what's that? What's that word that they would use to describe quarterbacks? You know, an eraser. Eddie Jackson can be that good in the secondary. You you see teams, you know, change their def or change their attacks just because of him. You still got Kyle Fuller, you know, who's been an All Pro not too long ago. You know, he still has much to prove. The Bears secondary is in good shape with this pick. I really like the Jalen Jalen Jones pick. Jalen Johnson pick. Uh, and let me immediately Who correct called myself. Jalen Jones? I did not see that on Twitter. The Bears Twitter account did. Oh come on, for real? Yeah. <laughs> and I actually, I yeah, I actually didn't see it. I had somebody text it to me. Oh, but man. Uh, it's okay. It's okay. I you know, it happens. But uh, yeah, that's the answer to that. Question. You know, that's oh, really I'm, running a joke hey, for us now. Yeah, I'm gonna call him Julian Jones forever. Yes, yes, it's stuck in my head. Just like Bryce Love. Yeah. Well, and that's why at the beginning... I don't know why Bryce plan- Love's in my head, but here we are. <laughs> Let me apologize, because I was not planning on bringing that up, but literally the first time I went to say Julian uh, Johnson... No, Ju- what? who are these guys' names anymore? I can't remember. <laughs> now I'm getting him mixed up with Julian Blackman. So we bring it back at me now, because I'm getting his name wrong. So the Jaylen first time Johnson. I was, was, was going to say Jalen Johnson tonight on this podcast, I almost said Jalen Jones, which is the only reason why I brought it up. So I'm just as guilty as the Bears' Twitter account, and now I'm calling him Julian Johnson. I'm thinking of Julian Blackman, and I, speaking of correcting ourselves, Julian Blackman, off the board. Goodbye. Love my guy Chris Ballard in Indianapolis. He's having another great draft. Not only did he take Jonathan Taylor, running back from Wisconsin, he took Julian Blackman with the number 85 overall pick in the uh, third round. So there goes that. He's not going to be a bear. No, no. There goes that segment you just put together there, Mr. Hogue. Yep, and my mock draft. I did have Cole Komet in Bears mock draft 2.0. Well, that counts. It counts. It counts. We got one. We got one. And Jordan Love. Jordan Love. Yes. You know, and the draft. Yes, yes. It's good to be back. <laughs> I, I just think the bottom line, like the, the best way for anybody who has doubts about the Cole Komet pick or is upset that they have another guy with another, another second-round pick with shoulder problems, look, you could poke holes and everybody at this point in the draft. It's just the, the fact of the matter. Really, any player in the draft, you could poke holes through. But you know what? These guys project to be on the field in some capacity in week one for a team that has a win-now mindset and wants to get it younger at some of these key positions. These two picks help a lot. Look, I, I, I said earlier today, the, the Bears, the best-case scenario for the Bears were to find two players that could start or, or give you really valuable uh, snaps right away. So um, 
to me, that's what they did. I don't necessarily know that they drafted two all pros, but I think that's okay. They they got two potential starters. Um, I don't think they they drafted guys that are projects. You know, in the same way that Adam Shaheen was, for an ex- for example, when you sort of knew, okay, this guy's coming from D2. When is he really going to be able to contribute? Um, I-, I think Cole Komet, Jalen Johnson are relatively safe picks. You do worry a little bit about the shoulders, but um, I-, I think they did a good job tonight. So, And that doesn't mean, like what you just said, that a Jalen Johnson can't have an outstanding five or six pick season. The talent is there for that. That doesn't mean that a Cole Komet can't produce an 8 to 10 touchdown season if things start clicking offensively. The potential is there. But the snaps should be there immediately in week 1, week 2, week 3. These guys will be contributors this season, and I think that's something Bears fans should want and should look forward to watching. Okay, I got some final thoughts here I want to get to. First of all, I think the draft should be held um, with with uh, GMs and coaches at home forever. These these shots like Bill Belichick having his dog sitting in his chair in front of the camera. I mean, it, this this has been the most entertaining draft I've ever watched. Mike Vabril, the guy in the toilet in the back. I know he wasn't in the toilet. <laughs> he but wasn't, but I he, liked, totally, I liked the, he totally looked like he was. I, that's the best part, and I just chose chose to believe that maybe maybe he was. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, why is there a mirror there anyway? Was there a mirror on the other side of that cabinet? I don't know. But that's great. It just adds to the picture with, with like his two sons standing there, the guy wearing the Frozone outfit, the guy with the mullet. Good pick. Yeah. I mean, even Roger Goodell moving his, his Mike Dicka uh, bobblehead around. I mean, just these little things. I'm loving it. Um, and Saturday should bring even more, especially as these days get longer and longer, right? Because it was starting to get silly by the end of tonight. Uh, quickly. Let's oh, oh here one more bear thing. What did you think about Trey Burton's comments? Um, I mean, he essentially—I I guess I want more information. Yeah, he essentially accused the Bears of misdiagnosing him. Well, don't all these guys usually see their own doctors anyway? That's true. I don't know. I, I feel like there's a lot of things that that, that play into that in. You know, like it's all like I, I don't know, like you, like what, what's the old you know cliche the coaches say? I need these players to be honest with me, but like when they're talking about concussions, I don't mean to throw you know water and whatever Trey Burton is saying. I just think there's usually a lot more to it. And I know some of those comments can come off in, in you know quite viral like, yeah. and, and if if that's the case for the Bears, and we weren't on the it, press it does conference, not look good. Yeah. So yes, I, yes, it, it, I can get where it, I can understand where it doesn't look good for the Bears, but I'm sure there's more to it. There, there's always more to it for things like that, especially for an injury that came out out of nowhere. You know, there's, just think about how that injury started. It just kind of just it's confounding in a lot of ways. I'll put it that way. It, it was mysterious from the beginning, um, and for Trey Burton to come out and say like basically he should have had the hip surgery instead of the sports hernia surgery, um, you know. Uh, look, it, it it just seems to me like the communication between the two parties from the very beginning wasn't great, and I think there was some confusion involved, and I actually think the Bears went to bat for him multiple times, um, you know, 
to to kind of pour water on the criticism he was getting for basically just not wanting to play in the game, right? Which was is still an ongoing narrative, and the the Bears did their part to kind of squash that. So uh, I don't know. That's that's my thought on and, it. And here's the thing: like 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 they pay these guys a lot of money. So they're invested in these guys. There's first opinions. There's second opinions. There's multiple trainers in the room. There's multiple doctors on staff. And these are these are high-end individuals evaluating these high-paid athletes. And these high-paid athletes are still given the option to go get opinions elsewhere. I think there's just always more information that comes about from these things or information that's left out. It's easy to get carried away with a quote. It's easy to get to, to throw... The Bears under the bus nowadays, just because it's just you know where they are right now. But yeah, I guess that's where I stand. I, I'd like to see more information from both sides. Yeah, I agree. Um, I, I think we'll we'll break down more of the NFC North here in a couple days. But I just real quick some thoughts. Uh, Green Bay's had an interesting draft so far. Uh, obviously, going quarterback in the first round with Jordan Love. There's we could do a whole podcast on that probably. Um, but then beyond that, they went running back in the second round, which didn't completely surprise me um, because I don't know that you want to have to pay Aaron Jones a ton of money, and he is entering a contract year. But uh, I'm not a huge fan of AJ Dillon, the running back out of Boston College that they went with in the second round. So like their first two picks, they didn't really address their their biggest needs. In fact, they addressed their two biggest strengths, uh, especially on offense. And then finally, in the third round, they drafted Josiah DeGara, the tight end out of Cincinnati, who's maybe slightly undersized, but um, I've heard some really good things about his makeup, and I had a couple people tell me that he's going to be a steal in this draft. So maybe that one will work out for the Packers. Yeah, yeah, and I think the the Vikings just traded back again for another 1,000 picks or something like that as well. I like the Vikings draft so far. Talk about actually, they have had a good draft. They're, they're you know, addressing needs. The, the, yes, they they got Justin Jefferson. They so they got their wide receiver right away. Then they get Jeff Gladney, who I love, a four year starter from TCU, as one to to fill that cornerback spot. And then I was I've been pounding the table saying they cannot ignore the offensive line, and they get Ezra Cleveland from Boise State, who could have gone in the first round. They get him at number fifty eight. And then they, uh, I don't know a ton about Cameron Dantzler, uh, the cornerback from Mississippi State, who they got in the third round, but they get a second corner there. So I I like the Vikings draft so far. How about the Lions? The Lions, I was not a huge fan of Jeff Okuda. Um, what? Let me clarify that. I like Jeff Okuda. I was not a huge fan of the Lions picking Jeff Okuda. You wanted them to take two of them. Yes, I do. I think I think the Lions Lions just are, they they're comfortable in football hell in the middle. Like we always say on this podcast, have been saying for six years, they're just sort of. There. I think that's officially purgatory. Football hell is where the Jaguars and well the Lions are down there, so yeah. they are in hell. So they're not in the middle. They're they're in hell. But, but my point is, their roster is not terrible, so they're not going to pick number three overall again next year. The only reason they picked number three overall was because Matthew Stafford got hurt and they didn't win a game the rest of the season. They were five. They were five hundred team when that happened. So, I, I, you know, Akuda's a good pick. He's going to help the roster a little bit. He's not going to get them to the playoffs. So, uh, I don't know. DeAndre Swift, though, in the second round, solid, but I think Jonathan Taylor's better. They'd, so they passed on Jonathan Taylor to get DeAndre Swift. Um, the rest of these picks were made when I was dealing with all the Bears stuff. But uh, 
Julian O'Quara and Jonah Jackson. Those are two players I like from uh, Notre Dame and Ohio State. So solid draft so far for the Lions. But again, they're not. I, don't, I still don't take them seriously as contenders. I'll tell you what. Final thought here for tonight. This is opening yeah. up for the Bears in 2020. Because as as much as I like the Vikings draft, um, they are hitting a home run, and I've been saying that they this was crucial for them. They uh, they were either going to be in a quick rebuild or something that was going to be a much bigger and maybe lead to to firings for Rick Spielman and Mike Zimmer. And I think they're doing a good job here. Uh, but the Packers really, the Packers were really, uh, I thought, a team that was going to regress this year a little bit, and they have not addressed their biggest needs. So I don't know that the Packers are. Are, are gonna? I certainly don't think they're gonna win 13 games again. You know, the more I thought about it, and, and don't get me wrong, I like the idea of taking a quarterback every year. But if there's a team that should be in in, in complete win now mode, it's the Packers with two years left of what guaranteed money and Aaron Rodgers contract. Like like this is your chance to send a Hall of Fame quarterback, one of the best of all time, out victorious, and you. You picked his back up when he had all these great receivers there. It's mystifying sometimes, and I, and I like the idea of trying to plan ahead. You always need a quarterback, you know. Look, look at the Bears situation, but the Packers—they they should be in win now mode. You know, you're, you're dangerously going into this Aaron Rodgers thing with with him winning one Super Bowl, one of the best quarterbacks of all time, winning one Super Bowl. It does kind of set up for them like to have to to go all in in 2021 with one last run. With Aaron Rodgers, because I just as their roster sits right now, I don't see a Super Bowl contender in 2020. Well, maybe I'll be wrong. All right, we should wrap things up here tonight, though. Bears got their uh, two picks in, no trades. Well, maybe slightly surprising that they they didn't move around at all. But um, hey, it was kind of takes two to tango, Adam. It's actually kind of nice not to have this. You just don't trade to make a trade, right? Yeah. And I think they got two good players. Cole Kmet and Jalen Johnson. All right, tomorrow they'll be back on the clock in the uh, fifth round. They have actually, what do they got? They got five more picks. They got five picks to make tomorrow. So it's going to be a busy, busy day. We'll see if that changes. There could be some trades. They do have some ammo now to move up if they want a guy. I'll tell you somebody still on the board, Bradley and I. Speaking of Utah. Um... That could be an option. So anyway, we'll be back tomorrow when it's all done. We'll see the Bears' entire draft class. We'll be back here to break it down. And uh, I expect you to watch all the film on all these guys by the end of the day tomorrow, Johnsy. Um, pass. <laughs> it's going to be raining all day. Perfect. Kids are going to be in the house all day. Draft's going to be on TV. You sound so excited. Might have to pack open a cold one in the mid-afternoon there, my friend. I may or may not have an empty beer bottle in front of me right now. <laughs> I wouldn't judge you. Talk to you guys tomorrow. Follow us on Twitter. Read our coverage. The Athletic, NBCSportsChicago.com. Check out that Cole Komet interview, too. What else? Go ahead. I'm listening.